Well, hello, listeners, and welcome back to The Companion to the Companion. I'm here with Ian, and we tonight are discussing our second so far out of 15 shows at Red Rocks in Colorado. This is June 11th of 1994, um, the the fantastic month of June 94, which we will be spending the next five episodes on, uh, wow. Magic Month containing a lot of uh, great fish. So welcome, and uh, welcome, Ian. Greetings, Sam and everyone. Hello. Greetings and what, salutations. What a joy to be here. And five in a month. Do Is that going to be a record? I actually haven't looked, and now I'm kind of curious if that's going to be. I looked into it, and we uh, get really close in um, November, December 97. Okay. Um, or I'm sorry. Yep. November, December 97 beats this stretch okay. of June, July. But it's close, because July we got a couple more, so... The end of summer 94 and then fall 97 are really um, these guys that wrote this book and gals uh, really packed together uh, uh, their favorites in these stretches. And it's easy to see why. Yeah, absolutely. June 94, one of my all time favorites. Yeah. When I kind of looked at the next run of upcoming shows, um, I was very excited and thought, wow, we've we've got some amazing stuff to, to talk about here. These um, shows shaped my fishdom. They really did. Yeah. This whole run of shows we're about to discuss was, you know, my first show was during this stretch. And, um, you know, these were the tapes that I started getting right after that. And because I was so moved from my first show and I, you know, you just go out and you seek out tapes from that era. Yeah, whatever whatever you can get, whatever you can get your hands on, I remember yeah. was um, Randy. And especially if it had like one or two songs you hadn't heard um, you're like, what, what is this? And then sometimes things were mislabeled and then you would yep. actually hear the song and be like, Oh, this was just Wilson. What the fuck? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, an enjoyable show. I, I have to say, yeah. I, I think that this show is like smoking hot. It is like ripping from start to finish. It is just great. And, and, and a lot of it is just perfect, but I don't know. How special? I don't know. I might get some pushback on this. I, I'm not sure, uh, but I I don't know if I'm going into this episode thinking that it likely will be cut. Well, here's stepping back. Red Rocks is we've both been there. You yeah. lived in Colorado for a while. Yeah. And I got to see the the four night ninety six run. It is a magical place. Yes. Yeah. Um, this was their their second of the fifteen shows so far that made this list. Yeah. Um, and I do believe both might not be on our final 100. Yeah. Um, but if I had to co- you know, push to shove um, 82093, which was episode 10, um, I don't know between the two of them which I would want to keep on this one or that one. I'm kind of in the mix. And then, I, yeah. you know, 95 wasn't, those shows didn't really stand out. The 496 shows didn't stand out. And then they weren't back till 2009. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Red Rocks is one of those places where it's so gorgeous. It is so fun to see it, the band there. They seem to obviously have a great time when they're there. Their audience interaction is a big part of it. Um, I do feel like it is representative of their breadth of their career to have a show on the list. Mm-hmm. And that this one might be the one that stays. Only because, like you said, I mean, Wilson, Chalk Dust, Yem, yeah. Rift, Down yeah. With Disease, like right out of the gates. It, yeah. There's so much power there's yeah. so much great, confident, energetic playing, and there's zero, you know, take them home, listen to again jams. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. I loved listening to the show. It was fun. Yeah. But you could almost have it on in the background. Yeah. Um, yeah it yeah. was great. And the band was so, there's so much screaming and yelling and laughing and like talking. Yeah. And, you know, this show was broadcast on, um, simulcast on Denver radio. So there's decent soundboards out there. I mean, mm-hmm. again, it leaves a lot to be uh, desired with all the hiss and stuff. But, um, you know, these shows were easy to get and everyone had them and they were just so fun. It's right. it's easy, good time fish. Right. I'm sure if they played a show this good now, it would people would say it's the greatest show they've ever played in their whole history. Well, so it is just, it's unbelievably it's tight. It's just, it is, yes. and there's so much energy and just every member of the band is just on fire virtuoso style. Um, I do think the Yem... Uh, is a stand do we want to like break from our uh standard model and not even talk about individual songs are we do we want to just uh, uh just talk about I a think few we songs could, or we could shrink down a little i mean okay. the wilson and the chalk dust openers were great but there's yeah. nothing you know nothing to write home about i yeah. have a few things to say along the way but we can definitely jump right to the m yeah which um, is the only headphones in the book right um and i full-on agree yeah, it's I really spectacular. Like it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Um, it's super fun. There's no yeah. real out there, right? But uh, the you know, right at the beginning of Trey's solo, it, it, the playing is so interesting, so right. unique for him, um, and for Yems at this time. And it really, uh, you know, it goes big, right? But that that tra- right at the beginning of the solo, it gets me. It's great. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah, we'll have to play that clip, and I know the yeah. exact moment you're talking about.
uh, yeah, I do think that there are different styles of, of yams. You enjoy myself. And yeah. I think this one uh, is a representative uh, version for a rockin' yam. Yeah. Uh, if you want Agreed. a rockin' yam, this is a great place to go. And in general, you know, like if we were making a top 10 list of great beginner shows, I would definitely consider this show. Oh, yeah. Um, I agree. It, it really is uh, just just everything is great, concise, perfect, playful, has great energy, um, great for a beginner. And seeing as this is pretty early in their career, if you did happen to catch uh, this fish show early in your trajectory, I, I bet oh, it man. was a yeah. big... Life-changing. Yeah, a, a big hook. Um, I mean, I even listened to the vocal... The, the transition from the instrumental piece into the vocal jam was so well done yes fishman singing the drum part and i i actually listened to the vocal jam i was like that was great it got me really excited to listen to it right you know there's a few yams where i listen through to the jam and when it the way it goes into the vocal jam pulls me in and i have to listen to it (laughs) Um, and this was one of them it was it was fabulous i really liked that part of it Uh, what'd you think about that arrow into rift? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, it was it was fine. I thought the rift was hysterical because, as I was saying earlier, there's so many weird little vocal things. Yeah, but like the first twenty seconds of the song is like, it's it's weird. There's just so much, yeah, you know, chatting and um, Fishman making little <laughs> like <laughs> noises in the band, like uh. it. it there's so much of that in this show. And maybe it's because the way it was recorded for the FM station, like the mics were just super hot. Um, but it's it's uh, it's funny. And I think if we were listening to a audience recording, we wouldn't hear them quite as much. That's interesting. And I think that has a lot to do with the reason why it's such a likable show is, is those small things. Like you wouldn't think yeah. of it at first, but just when the band is making like little, little squeaks and yells and um, accentuations to what they're <laughs> playing, it shows that they're really into it. And, and that is subliminally contagious. Um, even yeah. if you're focused on, on everything else that's happening. Um, Cause especially yeah. in this era, I, I thought Mike, this was another show where and I don't know if this was the recording, but I found myself kind of like gravitating towards Mike, listening to Mike in these channels. Oh yeah, great playing. Um, yeah, <laughs> all four of them really. Like I, uh, this was a show where I couldn't. There wasn't a standout. Right. Everyone was. They were all equally really top of their game. Right. Um, Paige's solo through Rift, absolutely gorgeous. And um, mm-hmm. there's lots of moments later, you know, as we kind of breeze through. Um, everybody, everybody's playing great. I thought Fishman was not just funny, but really on the ball right so um we we discussed earlier and we we are going to attempt to insert a new sort of segment into our show and that's um when a show has a headphone in the book 
as this one does on You Enjoy Myself, we're going to throw out to each other and listeners some recommendations of that song. Um, some may be on later shows that we're going to discuss, and uh, we're going to kind of shoot for a lot of them not to be. So there can be some dark horses, some of our personal faves. Um, and I think this is going to be the first time we delve into some You Enjoy Myself recommendations. Let's do it. Sam, you're yeah. up first. I'm up first. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to do this chronologically. <laughs> okay. Um, and the first one I have is a show we will be discussing in a while, which is 12995 at the Knickerbocker. Um, this You Enjoy Myself is le- You Enjoy Myself of Legend. Um, a lot of people believe it to be the best, if not um, all time, but definitely top five, top ten, You Enjoy Myselfs. Um, I think that it start how this one starts where Trey's kind of playing a unique groove that he grabs onto and holds onto. Um, I think that's what happens at this Nick show, but they take it to 11 right away. Yeah. Um, it is a life-changing song. And I believe it was on one of those, you can find a soundboard of it. Yeah. It was on from the archives. Um, at some yeah. Point. Um, one of those. about this jam i totally agree with you and it is sort of like uh bliss incarnate like i think if you if you could lock in with that groove that they find and then just realize become conscious that it's tickling it's like tickling this bliss part of your body and then just appreciate that you're gonna stay there for a long time i think this jam uh the twelve nine ninety five jam can be kind of challenging for uh, people with uh, attention spans that aren't, you know, at the max. I because pissed it off is, a musician it is a friend really playing it for a long jam, and it's very <laughs> it repetitive. And I yes. think the first time you kind of hear it, you're like, "This is it! Like nothing's happening. It's just this." But then when well, that's you really, all I want. yeah, when you kind of zone in on it, you're like, "They they've actually just kind of like." found this perfect diamond and they're just repeating it over and over again and when you're at a show that's exactly what you want you don't want that moment to ever end Um, you're able to showcase the very subtle changes bar to bar yeah as long as you keep it simple of course there's that too yes fall 95 (laughs) was when fish really started to get that picture yeah in a in a clear way that bled into what i thought fall 96 was an incredible end of that tour 
And then the 97.8 sound where it was simplicity wrapped up in this repetitive, you know, as you say, diamond, like it's a visual thing. Yeah. A good groove is a big visual object. Um, And 12.995's got it all. It's great. Great bass solo. I was just thinking, I want to live there forever, (laughs) right? It's like you're you're listening to it. It's like as a bassist, when you find the note in the groove and it's like a one note or two note little thing and everyone locks in, you're like, okay, this is where I want to be until the day I die. Like you just get there and feel it. And a great band like this can do it for 20 minutes. Yeah. And this is, you know, I can't say enough. Well, I hate to do another offshoot, but I have to say at the 721... Uh, 98 Phoenix, Arizona show. Mm-hmm. They played a ghost. She caught the Katie. Uh, mm-hmm. And I remember the sort of transition, the funk jam, just as they were going into She Caught the Katie. It was oh. just right before. And you didn't know they were going into She Caught the Katie, but it was just this funk jam. And I, I can like everything about it. Like I can like see myself in the moment and what I was wearing and how I was dancing. And I remember thinking to myself like, last forever this moment lasts forever yes. lasts forever lasts forever i don't ever want them to change and then you know like when you're in that moment it always seems longer than it is but i'm sure you know 90 seconds later they started with she caught the katie and then i was like oh well, this is very exciting blues brothers and all this and that but and the moment does end but i certainly didn't want it to so brief talk with our friend ryan who was there with us then just about what special times you know it's a time of reflection i think the pandemic's pushed us that way Uh um but what special times those were and just how much we love each other because i was right there and felt the same way and there's very few people you can actually i mean there's only a finite number of people that were physically there 
And right. I would like to think there's a finite number of people who felt that way. And I remember we talked about it right after the show. Right. And you were our Blues Brothers go-to guy. Yeah. I mean, that's always been one of your favorite movies ever and opening yeah. and the guy who's like, all right, we're all high on X right now and we need to kind of relax and I'm going to put this movie on at full volume and it's just bam, bam. And like that, that's where I gained my, I mean, I'd seen the movie, but I gained a deeper appreciation for it through right. you. And so that mo prior to this show, so that moment was a really, um, it was a special moment in my life. Yeah. That was like one of those fish moments that felt kind of personal. Like, is this for me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I felt it personal for you and then yeah. for us. And yeah. it, was, it was beautiful. Obviously, yeah. there were other Blues Brothers fans in the crowd. I'm well aware of that. Yeah. Uh, and then that was my first pick, Ian. So uh, what's yours? Okay. Um, you know, th as we've been talking about this, I've been kind of wavering on what I, there's a lot of, a lot of you enjoy myself <laughs> out there. Um, but I think I just want to talk a little bit about the, uh, Great Woods, the 7894, um, you enjoy myself, which was just released on, on a, a dinner and a movie. And I'm sure everybody has heard it. <laughs> But I do feel like like when I hear people talk about that show, they don't usually talk about the You Enjoy Myself. And Which is unbelievable. Yeah. And a really Come on. Yeah, a really special a special version for me was played for me pretty early on by Sam here. And uh I just think that Trey Trey gets this little like before we get to the Frankenstein, which is just kind of like something that he's been working on through this 94 summer tour. Um, it's one of these jams that kind of is a culmination of a lot of themes and ideas that they've been working on. And Frankenstein was a song that kept getting teased throughout the summer. And I think the band was kind of used to like to tease it. Um, and this being at the end, they 
towards the end, they came out and played the whole version. But uh, really what I want to get into is just when this Frankenstein goes back into the You Enjoy Myself uh, is just one of those moments that is permanently seared into my brain when I think of, like, what can Fish do that no other band in the world could do? I don't know yeah. why that moment just comes to mind. So, uh, go yeah, check, being go able check to it watch out. it finally too on the yeah. dinner and a movie release, um, you know, it was it was unbelievable to see like Trey walking around and counting down to yeah. Fishman, and it just <laughs> like it right back where they left off. It's almost yeah. like they they took Frankenstein and Im- inserted it as Trey's solo. perfectly done in this weird weird way and my my first show was the night after that night which you know missing as a fish fan you chase a lot of shows yeah and i think as i got got into my career i learned don't miss shows if you can right um so i i I missed that one but i feel a real close place in my heart with it so right and a couple couple uh, more episodes here we'll be discussing it so i can't yeah Maybe I shouldn't have brought it up for that reason. Cannot but whatever. I just, oh no no! I love it so much. Yeah, I can't talk about it enough. Yeah, that return from the from the Frankenstein into the UNJ myself. <laughs> it sounds like like it, like the jam is being dropped through a wormhole, and then it just like comes out so smoothly. I don't know. I, it's it's tough. 
this stuff is hard to describe. Yeah. But but yeah. check it out. So do we want to keep keep going yams or are you gonna Yeah, let's do okay. let's do top threes. All right, two, um, top threes. So my next uh I would do eleven twenty nine ninety six at the Cow Palace. Okay. Um I'll I'll spend forever talking fall West Coast ninety six, the end of that tour. Mm-hmm. Um it was my first time I saw a longer run of shows. Mm-hmm. Every show was incredible that I saw. Yeah. And I think, you know, the Arco Arena um, on 11.30 was, you know, in my top five shows I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was at New Year's 95 and Big Cypress and that show ranks. Yeah. It, and it, no one talks about it. Right. Um, and I think this show at the Cow Palace the night before was also really underrated. Yeah. Um, Cow Palace, you know, not the greatest place to see a show, but being a fan of the dead, I mean, the dead shows there were legendary yeah and it's just this big cement indoor kind of place and daily city is not the prettiest place in the world (laughs) but i mean 96 was a weird year to see fish 95 96 on the west coast they played weird venues right and i thought every aspect of this show was really interesting unique differently played and in this you enjoy myself during the big builds trey snaps a string on the first one right right before the sort of vocal section so they bring out his backup guitar and i think something about the backup guitar, something about the band at that time. This is the coolest, funkiest. I, I, I seek out this yam. Mm-hmm. It is unbelievable. There's so many good things from the show, but this yam is like, a, I mean, I remember, I think Dave Jolly said it was, an old friend of ours said it was the single best piece of fish he'd ever heard at the time. Yeah, I don't. Um, I I agree that it's. Uh, I have a funny story with this, and Sam is good. of course talking about the post bell. It's a bell, right? Or is it a symbol? Like he goes, ding. It's Mike's and, stomp bell. Okay, it's Mike's stomp that, bell. The wrestle bell. Yeah, that he and then Trey on. goes, yeah. Oh yeah, just the yeah. funkiest shit. Um, I, I mean, was... the whole the whole thing is because <laughs> the solo after that's amazing. Yeah, the bass solo is amazing. Like it it all pieces together. But yeah, yeah. that that part is is it's yem played like it never has been right Thank you. 
exactly. That's what we're searching for. Yeah, I almost crashed my car. I only have like a few <laughs> stories like this where I was so shocked with happiness by the music that I like I almost just like lost control and I, you know, uh anyway yeah it happened in that jam and it was just like so funky and i was bobbing my head and then i think my hand slipped off the wheel and i was driving a stick at the time and then someone slammed their brakes and i had to swerve out of the way and i was like whoa okay um <laughs> and what did i do i rewound the tape and i listened to oh it you got again. to yeah <laughs> i had to work hard to get these tapes too i remember yeah. i think this was another brian grove scenario but yeah i like I instantly walked out of that show and was like, I need that again right now. <laughs> and this show contains so many good things. There yeah. was the Sparks at this show too. Like my, I think my only Sparks, that was really fun and right. really good bathtub gin. Just a great show all around. I had so much fun. Um, uh, number two for you. Number two. Well, I got to go 731.97, Shoreline. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just as Dave Jolly uh, would have said about that Cow Palace yam, I would say about this yam, um, and I would still say that if I had to choose the most entrancing, you know, uh, magical, spiritual, uh, musical moment I've had at Fish, this would yeah. it, it, it certainly be a tie. A good one. Um, and it just gets so weird. Um, and, and that's what I love about this jam. It's not a straight ahead, uh, like rockin' yam, and it's not a funk yam, but it's got a little, it's got some funk and it's got some rock. Oh, it and it's also yeah. <laughs> just got this like wild, psychedelic, just pure fish jam. Just, it's just so fishy. And there, and when, like, if I'm just talking about a detail of this one, because the whole thing is really great, <clears throat> but as it's, it's 35 minutes and as it's getting towards the end, and like maybe your attention span is starting to wane. Um, it gets like a little weird and a little quiet. And then just as it comes back to finish up the yam, yeah, just the nuance and the detailed, the way they're playing is just, uh, I don't know. They're so on yeah. it. They're so in the moment uh, that I feel like they're, I don't know. It's, yep, that's all I got. Yeah. I yeah, stutter out on I don't know a lot. I like to get poetic and then That's just okay. say, ah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, okay, number three. There's a, oh, go ahead. Well, my only thing on this yum, um, well, two two short things. One, there, the, what always gets me, there's a point where Trey has his pitch shifter on, so it's this weird computer-sounding guitar yeah. tone, and there's a hard Santa Claus is coming to town <laughs> tease. Yeah. And I don't know if it's written anywhere. I'm sure yeah. Fishnet has it by now. Yeah. And I remember yeah. thinking, like, has no one heard this thing? And um, <laughs> it really, I remember laughing out loud at the show. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I'm pretty sure you were with me at 
so we saw Shoreline 97, 8, yeah. and 9. Right, yeah. And all three, I mean, 9 was two nights. Right. I think, I think it was two nights. All three, How Do You Enjoy Myself? And I remember yeah. in 99, um, a friend of one of our friends we were seeing the show with was bitching that every time he comes and sees this band here, they play this You Enjoy Myself song, and he's so sick of it. <laughs> yeah. And I thought to myself, I mean, if they played it every single night I saw them, I'd be upset. Yeah. But maybe every other night I'm fine with. Yeah. Because, like, how is, eh, yeah. And all of them, the 98 one is also so fun. Yeah. It's like, uh, that's the one where Trey's got the yellow jam volunteer shirt on. Right. And it's just pure, like, like what they call the cow funk. Right. And um, that one's awesome. That one has and a you group can go watch that on jam. YouTube. Yeah, uh, and it's on YouTube. It's great. Yeah, like, and then whole show. in 99, uh, didn't Phil come on? And do they do a, like a bass duel on that? What am I, am I thinking I of something? I can't different? remember if that was in You Enjoy Myself yeah, or I not, can't but remember it might have been. Yeah, let's, let's assume it wasn't. Um, okay. And just to remember the first night in 99, we were like like 12 rows back dead center. Yeah. We had the best, like I'd been to Shoreline and I, I never really paid attention to tickets. I was like, all right, we'll go and we'll see. And we'd mail ordered and we got there and we're like, holy shit. And that was the like 14 song first set. That's right. It had uh, yeah. On Your Way Down. Yeah. The, the Little Feet slash Alan Toussaint. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. That show was really fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. I miss this band. All right. Uh, so my number three is two twenty six ninety seven in Stuttgart, Germany. Um which is a yum of legend. I think there was a point you told me that if you wanted to get someone into fish, this is what you'd play for them. Yeah. And I think that that was the the line. Yeah. Um, That's how I, I felt at the time. Yeah. yeah. It is such a fun, <laughs> like a smaller club, but such a fun, perfectly played, you know, fish in their prime. Yeah. You enjoy myself. It is. It's fabulous stuff.
Absolutely. That it. was one I considered putting on here, but I thought I'd do this other one as a contrast to that. But I do want to say, I, lo- I just love the recording of that show too. Um, it really, yeah. it adds, it has this, the, those small rooms in Europe. It adds a really unique, I just think it's so cool when shows sound so different like that, because it sounds like a different band. Um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And, and I think that's really cool, but I wanted to come of a mule too. Oh my God. Oh yeah. We've, it's yeah. come up on the show and we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss it again. But uh, 226, uh, 2003. So same mm. day in 2003. Mm. Um, really like the show. Obviously, it has the pitfalls that any uh, 2003 show has. Uh, but I do love this You Enjoy Myself. And uh, I've listened to it many times. It's of the rockin' variety. Um, but yeah, just highly recommend it. Go check it out. Not I like, like this. It's not like a game changer, but it's the kind of yam that you listen to and you're like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. It's one of yeah. those. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. I like, I like recommendations. <laughs> it makes me happy. And now Especially on a show like this. Back to our this... regularly scheduled program. Yeah. Back to June 94. Um, I mean, I don't know what more first set we need to talk about. I thought the ice had a nice atonal jam to it. Um, the Tila again, note perfect was beautiful mm-hmm. and really great um with stash i kind of got excited i'm like all right we're gonna jump into you know next realm here especially like almost every stash. yeah yeah and almost every 93 stash really did that mm-hmm. um and i was like all right we're gonna hit this 94 it's gonna be incredible stash get me and uh it, it was fine it was just it kind of yeah. did what a lot of the songs in this did it was like it it got to the section where like all right we're gonna jam a little and then, you know, they kind of grabbed the ball and just ran for the goal line top speed. Yes. Right. Um, with beautiful playing all the way through. Like, I, I, I don't want to fail a note in this show. I don't, I don't, you know, we can come across as negative and nitpicking. Yeah. I would have given anything to be here. I think yes. the show's great. Yeah. I just, and, you know, as we start to repetitive listen and dig through and cull through what we find to be moments of groundbreaking, I don't know that this is it. Right. But this was a straight party. Yes. I mean, that run to open the show, straight party. And then at the end of the show, you know, Maze, Contact, Frankenstein, Susie Greenberg, like it, they were just, it was just big party songs. Right. And it would have, it would have been so fun. Yeah. If I was going to say anything bad about the set, which I am not going to do, but uh, I mean, I adore 94 Down With Diseases. Just love them. Yes. And, uh, and this one didn't quite live up to my expectation of a 94 down with disease, but I still really, I really liked it. Um, but uh, there's yeah. a few others I would, I would choose. Just wait instead. two two more episodes. Yeah. Six eighteen ninety four <laughs> is the, uh, and I'll go, I, I try and get everyone to listen to it. Yeah. It is the perfect compact down with disease. Yeah. 
It is tight. It's five, six minutes. And it is note perfect beginning to end. Well, My I think God, that the band crescendo, like I, I just hands down. I think that's a big problem with this show is just having to like in our brains, knowing that 618 is right around the corner. Um, and OJ's coming. Yeah, it's and then yeah, it's tough to Sugar Bush is coming yeah. and Great Woods is coming and yeah, I know it's tough to know because the It's Ice again. Like I really enjoyed the It's Ice, but then when I think about the It's Ice on six eighteen, I'm like, well, pfft, yeah, no contest. Uh, and Game Hoist but, is coming, which also yeah. like had some real stellar versions of a lot of these songs. Yeah, that's true. That Down with Disease yeah. rules. Love that Down with Disease. All right then. Well, fine. Set um, one. Set See two. Ya. All right. Set what two. What do you got to talk about with set two? Uh, well, we got the classic 2001 um, opener, also Sprach Zarathustra, yeah. to run like an antelope. Um, 2001 was was cool, standard yeah. 94. It, it's like it's changing a little bit. I mean, we're hearing a lot of 2001s, obviously, yeah. and they're all basically the same, but I can tell a little difference. Yeah, um, it's getting, it takes a couple of years from here to really get there, but it's getting there. Yeah, um, the run like an antelope I loved. I, I thought it was uh, it was great uh, run like an antelope, um, but again, like uh, same sort of thing we've been talking about. Um, yeah, I wrote that it was a bit one note, yeah. but the outro was really great. Yes, I really enjoyed the outro. Yeah, I thought they stretched it out. Um, there was a lot of vocal, you know, jokes and Fishman doing a lot of screaming. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really great. <laughs> definitely uh you know it was a little one note through the jam right especially for 94 now already yeah yeah we're gonna get some crazy antelopes in the you know the next handful that's true um and then fluffhead (laughs) yeah similar to the antelope i thought tightly played solid and then great screaming and energy through the arrival yes 
Yeah. Nice. Big, that solo was big beautiful. Yeah, it was. Big peak. I think I read one of the reviews of the show. People are like, someone saying, I want to go back and listen to this antelope just to hear like the precision of this band. Mm -hmm. And I get that. I love that too. Yeah. I have a real hard time. I vacillate between, you know, in the, in bittersweet motel where Trey's saying, I don't, you know, someone says he played a wrong note. He's like, I don't, I don't fucking care. Like I, all I care about is the energy. That's all I care about. Um, which I don't, believe he that's all he cares about yeah, but in that moment i'm sure he felt that way yeah and so vacillating between a show that's big energy and maybe a little sloppy but so much fun right and then a show that's technical perfection but maybe a little antiseptic i don't know um i'm not sure oh and for those of you people that have youtube out in the world which is everybody um <laughs> in doing research for this show and looking around they there's a two-part interview of them that is some real like a uh, satirical theater. Um, it's called, it's on the big daddy show and it's uh, filmed uh, eight days after this, six nineteen ninety four in Kalamazoo. There's this guy on the big daddy shows kind of, you know, hippie guy who sits down with the band, you know, before sound check and gets a few minutes to talk to him <laughs> about their tour and stuff. It, it's could it, Give it a watch. Give it a watch. It is really fun. And you okay. kind of get their mindset at this point in their career. I would recommend listening to this show first, um, as in the the fish show, not just companion to the companion. Yeah. But then go give give that a watch on YouTube. It's hysterical stuff. Um, they're kids out on tour, like yeah. fucking with people, and it's. I was just gonna they're, say they're pranksters at, at this it point. It is there. Yeah. It is hysterical. I, I almost so feel like I've watched wit, it before, but I'll I'll check it out. Yeah. It's good, yeah. and there's a line in there where. 
they uh, he was asking Trey. He's like, oh, well, the guitarist in my band made me ask you, like, what's the what's the what's your guitar rig? And he's yeah. like, I just have a fucking Mesa Boogie amp and some tube screamers. Yeah. He's like, I don't have any effects. I keep right. it as simple as I possibly can. Right. So I can just have nothing in my way, nothing right. impeding me from finding what I'm trying to look for. Right. And I thought about that versus what we talked about a few episodes ago with Trey's new sound. Yeah. And I thought that that was the holy grail. I found it. I found the difference. Yeah. I found the difference in the person. And I thought, you know, me as a as a bass player, I always tried to strip effects away right. and only use what, you know, make the instrument sound like the instrument that it was. And I thought Trey was trying to do that then. Yeah. Whereas now, um, you know, there's a lot of effects. And there's a, and, and I understand it's a bigger space they got to fill, but and not just that, but it's like um, it's unfair to. Uh, I'm trying to think about the best way to to put this, but I remember in uh, I guess it would have been about 2000. I guess it would have been 2003, 2004. My mom was like visiting me and she was like at this point, like finally kind of embracing fish in my life. And she was like asking me a bunch <laughs> of questions. I had gone to <clears throat> like the Vegas 2003 shows the year before. And, and she was like asking me, well, like, well, how are they now? Or are they, are they good? You know, cause she knew about <clears throat> when they broke up in 2000 and I was all crushed. And, uh, and I'm like, well, they're, it was good. I'm like, but they're never going to be the same. And I was like, and she was like, why aren't they ever going to be the same? And I was kind of, I was trying to explain to her that just I could tell that there was some light inside of the band that kind of like went out. And I mean, this is all common knowledge. We all know this now. But I, but I remember like talking about it back then. And, and now when I get kind of frustrated with Trey and I get frustrated with all these pedals and how he's distracting himself, I think like. God, I'm just like so grateful that he found the light. Like he just found a new light. Like he found his way yeah. back and he found like a different way to express um the art inside him and it's change just, is good. And it's yes. just very different than what we were used to. But even in that moment, I guess what I'm getting at is that moment in 2004, I knew that the way he played guitar back in these shows, I knew that was never coming back. It didn't yeah. matter if he practiced freaking 20 hours every day for two years. It's just never kind of come back because yeah. it was that time and it was that thing. And um, it's kind of funny as I'm like, as I'm like talking about this, I feel like I'm now talking about the Beatles cause I've been watching get back and uh, anyway. <laughs> all right. So we're, <laughs> All right, we'll we'll ground ourselves. We're back on, back uh, on track. Son of a mule is fine. Uh-huh. I'm gonna skip it. Yeah, I'm fine. But I do have to say, so split open and melt from this show is on live bait volume six. It is. And I went and did the stupid thing of I was listening through the whole show mm-hmm. and I stopped it after Son of a Mule, put on live bait volume six. You know, put my headphones on and cranked that. Uh-huh. And. I was really mad at myself. Why? Because it sounded so good. I thought how you said like the recording, maybe Mike was up front. Uh-huh. He sounded a thousand times better. Yeah. Everyone sounded better. Um, and I, you could hear all the background screaming. Uh-huh. Um, I, I mean, I like wrote this sounds so good and underlined all of it because yeah. I was, uh, I was shocked. Right. I was shocked with how good it sounds. But then I also wrote, um, 
that it was much more of a rock show than a deep embryonic exploration kind of show. Sure. And I think that um, that didn't change with sound quality. And I kind of said that a few times in my notes. Right. I'm like, I get it. I get that they're not trying to, um, you know, plunge the depths and right. really exhume this deep emotional energy. They're just trying to have a, it is a party show. Right. I mean, I like to involve myself with lots of different mind altering substances at different times in life. Um, but this show I would have liked to have smoked a little pot and had a few drinks. Sure. It's that kind of show. It's yeah. like, it's a fist pumper. It's really fun. It's hugging your friends. It's not, I need to close my eyes and really like delve into the deep nether worlds of, of my psyche. It's true. And but, but split was that, but contextually at that time, you know, they hadn't done that. Like they weren't doing that stuff so much, like a little bit. So this still was, you know, that's when you were going to see Fish in 94, for the most part, you were expecting a show like this at, be Maybe. at best. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's not like, I don't think people were expecting half an hour jams just yet. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know 93, you know, it, we now have such immediacy in our recordings yeah. that back then um, you didn't get tapes for a year. Right. So what they were doing in summer 93 people maybe were just hearing at this point, unless they were really connected with taper friends and, you know, friends on tour, which was a very small number of people. There's no internet. People aren't connecting that way. So this was it. Yeah. Um, was getting tapes a year later or months later. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll even say when we talked to 2697, I remember getting that show on dat before we went to see them in summer 97. Correct. Yeah. And all we had read was, all their European set lists. No one had heard anything. Yeah. And then we got that show and we listened to it and it opens with Camel Walk. Right. That was just like funky as hell. I'm like, what the fuck is happening with this band right now? <laughs> totally. It blew our minds. think that was still going on you know that's that was the standard at this point yeah and i and i but i also do think that like uh you know there's a lot of 10 minute songs and 10 minute is a long song that's a long jam for a lot of people (laughs) yeah 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 so it just depends on where you are in your fish career you know i guess my point being is that like if i would have seen this in the first uh, this show in the first year or two i would have loved to have seen it on uh on some psychedelics um, yeah, there's, yeah. There's certainly, I, I mean, the you enjoy myself alone um, probably would have been worth the ticket price on that front. And I'm sure yeah. all the fog machine during 2001. And yeah. I mean, Fluff Antelope head. and Fluffhead are yeah. weird songs. Yeah. Like, and the scent of a mule was, or I mean, the split open and melt was great. Yeah. The split open and melt was great. And my two cents on that was that I I listened to the whole show all the way through first. Uh, and then 
I realized afterwards that it was the soundboard of it. And I went and I listened to the soundboard and, and I'm sure this is a mood thing and a first time listen thing, but I preferred the, the shitty version better. Like huh. when I, when I listened to the hissy sort of, there's something about split open and Mel in particular and like a, on a tape where you can't really hear what's going on because it's already such a chaotic song. It already makes you feel so chaotic. If yeah. there's a couple layers of hiss on top of it, it just adds another dimension of, uh, hmm. I don't know, disturbance. Uh, but anyway, yeah, for, hmm. for me, aside from the you enjoy myself, this was the highlight of the show. Good. Yeah. I liked it too. Uh, and then Coil. I thought Paige really... From here out, Paige crushes. Mm -hmm. Like, he kind of steals a lot of the end. I thought his solo in Coil was gorgeous. And, you know, we've talked about before where the band kind of sticks with him for a long time. Right. I think this one, they really, it was short and they just let him go. Yeah. And it was really him out there by himself. And I mean, imagine just playing a baby grand piano at Red Rocks to seven or 8,000 people. Absolutely. On a beautiful moonlit night. And, like, I just, yeah. Ugh, it's got to be the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Until uh, a few months later when he plays Madison Square Garden for the first time. And that yes. becomes the highlight yes. of his fish career. I mean, I there's, there's, there's steps. There's steps. <laughs> uh, and then, weirdly, I thought this... I don't know how I feel about the maze in here. The, the like, placement? Yeah, yeah. because it's... Uh, I mean, I like... The way the set list is written for this show is really perfect yeah. for a big energy show. And Maze is a big energy after Coil. I get it. Yeah. And uh, the solo... Well, I, here's here's what I'll say. When it first hits, there's almost some group improv at the top of Paige's solo. Right. And I thought to myself, are we going to have like a weird little type two Maze? could happen right then they could abandon the yeah. page solo tray solo out right which a lot of first set mazes have which is where maze normally lives in that first set area and really delve into a whole different like take that august 93 style and throw the playbook out the window right and they don't 
there's a little trepidation, a little, you know, they, they kind of pull back um, and it goes through, you know, a decent page solo and then Trey's solo and then the end of his solo is massive. Right. Massive. Full volume, full everything, screaming. I get it. But I thought they missed a little opportunity to stretch out. Yeah, I agree. Um, Plus, whenever whenever I've been to Red Rocks, I just want to hear soaring ballads. So yeah, um, um, which which after Coil to Maze, I I don't know. It it rubbed me a little the wrong way. Yeah, but then the next the rest of the show was like the absolute, you know the the who's who of victory laps. It was perfect. Right, but if it, it had gone so like happy. squirming Coil into like Slave to the Traffic Light or something like that or a Harry Hood, I can't remember what they played the night before. They probably played one of those. Um, yeah, but that might have worked a little bit better. But nitpicking—it was a nitpicking. slight fourth quarter yeah. mishap. Yeah. yeah, Maze was a cool choice if they had kind of trusted themselves to really stretch that set. Right. Yeah, it's close. They almost go, and I, I, I can't. You know, we'll have to do some re-listen. I'll pop it in here, but uh, it's it's hard to tell who pulls that ripcord. But they just they don't go. They almost do. Yeah, I felt it. And I got excited. <laughs> I'll blame Trey. Um, and then on to contact. Uh, loved the contact. I I, I always mm-hmm. love the contact. I guess uh, once you're in it, it's like one of those songs, like once you're in it, it's it's hard not to love it. Well, with contact and then a couple songs later with Susie, Paige just dominates these solos. Yeah. I mean, it's the band playing together, but he's right. really pushing as the leader. But my God, I love contact too. Yeah. Every time. I think people forget about the arms ways too. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> a cool, like, silly, catchy song. Um, yeah. But I think, like, in a weird way, it's like one of those fish songs that's so, like, simple and stupid, but it, like, works. Um, I There are some, like, fish lyrics where people are like, that's just, like, the worst. And I'm like, all right, I get it. Like, I see where you're coming from. But in a way, I think the simplicity of these lyrics are really quite brilliant. Um, and, uh, and the way a lot of Mike lyrics are. These are Mike lyrics, right? Yeah. They seem yep. like Mike lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Do you remember the hubbub? I, I think it was 97, but 97, 98, where every, the rumors and everyone was talking about how the band had made a list of songs that there are off the table now. I do remember that. Yeah. And this was a big deal. Yeah. And I remember that dinner and a movie was on that list. Right. And everyone talked about that and that this was on that list. Uh-huh. And I remember someone at some point reading a hearing or, or reading a Trey interview where he talked about, you know, like we, we wanted to be more serious and didn't yeah. want to have as much of the humor straightforward in our songs. Sure. But I can't stop playing over that three chord groove. He's like, <laughs> it is just my favorite thing. And it's so fun. And yeah. um, I got, I got that. And I think this was a great example of it. And yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with bands retiring songs for a while.
this band is so good at it. Yeah. They just say, all right, we're going to shelf this one for a little bit. Yeah. When we feel like doing it again, we'll do it again. And they, they brought a lot of stuff back. Oh, I've got People a long the list gaps. of songs I'd love for them to shelf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People love the gaps, though. <laughs> yeah. the, this has been this many shows since this song was played. Right. Which, uh, uh, you know, for me, it's not my favorite thing. well it usually doesn't Didn't... work out because they're generally not played very well because it's been so long since they played it yeah. now that's not always true but it's true a lot um, can i loop back around to she caught the katie that at the yeah. time of that being played that was the longest gap any song had ever had that's right sorry yeah that was very exciting I, I just a little the, satisfaction it was statistically uh doubly exciting yes, i remember <laughs> i didn't know till yeah. much later i was like oh i guess we're we not only had a great time but the statistics were in our favor well there were rumors <laughs> before that show that they were going to bust out at that show right that was like we mm. had heard rumors that like oh the phoenix show is going to be the one wink wink mm. um i don't know if you recall that but yeah, i remember yeah. 97 at in phoenix was was better for me well 98 was really fun yeah yeah no 97 was a better show for sure speaking of that's a definite underdog show okay let's let's wrap this thing up we got uh contact into frankenstein i mean you can't beat a frankenstein closer at red rocks the crazy lights the noise the energy yep uh just the whole scene great choice great performance perfect yeah perfect yeah and then Susie, which i just wrote page solo again i get it i get it yeah it, this show is just super fun. Yeah. And that's how I felt about it. But you're right. That encore in a nutshell is kind of representative of the... <laughs> I know it's only one song, but I, if I had to choose one song that said that described the mood of the show, Susie Greenberg, that's pretty good. Red Rocks needs to get represented on this list of 100. I understand. Yeah. I understand that 93 or 4, we got these two shows to choose from. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be nitpicking, but one of them's one of them's going to go. I I would uh, say without hesitation, this one over eight twenty for me. Yeah, yeah, that might take a little re-listen. I can't wait. Okay. Um, we got time to talk new music. Uh, yeah, let's talk some uh, new music. Because my God, yeah, the last few weeks have been a smorgasbord to stick with Stuttgart. All right, well, lay, lay um, it on us. So, Silk Sonic's full album came out. Yes, I have not listened. Um, I can't get enough. Okay. It is, I really love funk and soul music deep, deep within me. And I can't believe that Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack are doing this. Right. And they have Bootsy Collins as like the, he's their introducer, their serenader through the whole thing. (laughs) Uh, Thundercat guests on a song and he's so good. Um, It is fabulous. I can't say enough. I... I got into a little, um, one of my favorite songs has a somewhat misogynistic overtone Uh and the word bitch is used aggressively twice. Sure. It's called smoking out the window Uh and I get it. It's a man who's been wronged and he's very upset, but I also have a lot of women in my life and I'm not sure how I feel about it. That aside, uh, the record's gorgeous. And it, it evolves like it opens like a flower. It evolves. And the soul, the tip of the hat to all of these classic, you know, soul production um, tricks is really laid out there and yeah. beautifully done with modern techniques. Sure. The band is tight as hell. Um, can't say enough. Yeah. Uh, Neil Francis 
full record finally came out. Oh, I haven't listened. Oh man, okay, yeah, I got. I it is very different. It is huh? very very different. A lot more. Uh, we'll talk. Okay. Uh, Kelly Stoltz full record came out. Oh, cool. Uh huh. Um, which there's been, you know, below the branches. His first record was so amazing, and then there's been some. In my opinion, some eh. For sure. Um, Agreed. This one has a lot more to dive into. There's all these bonus tracks that are really fun. Um, I need to give it more time, but on the surface is great. Okay. Uh, Charlie Hunter put out a new record. Nice. It's called Kick, Snare, Baritone Guitar, uh-huh. and that's the record. Okay. Um, it's him and a drummer with a kick and a snare. Uh-huh. Um, it is also super great. Okay. Um, really just good, fun, put it on when you're hanging out music. Um, and then the Willie Nelson family record. Oh yeah. How, um, came good, out. Huh? It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, the, um, all things must pass that Lucas Wilson takes lead vocals on. Yeah. Is, I mean, I want the George by himself. All things must pass played over my casket when I die. <laughs> good choice. Um, that song is it really deeply rips at my heart. And Lucas Wilson's voice really does a nice job with, you know, keeping up high like George's did. And what what's your favorite version of All Things Must Pass? I think it's the anthology one where it's just George. Of course. Of course. <laughs> That's the one I want. Uh, and then we got Coming to Us. Um, M. Ward's released a single. His record's coming. Uh, Spiritualized just released a single. Their record's yeah. coming and they're touring. Yeah. Mother Hips have dropped a couple. Yeah. Their record's coming and I've been, I've been, I've enjoyed them. Yeah. Um, so there's just been a lot of great new music. And then uh, this weekend... I've only watched a little bit, but I plan on watching the uh, Clifford Ball on on Dead sure. a Movie, well, which... You've seen it many times, right? Yeah, but I just can't say enough about what Fish did for us with yeah. the Dinner and a Movie. <laughs> it's, it's helped me. And then today, I mean, we could talk about this forever, 12 record vinyl box yeah. of Dinner and the yeah, Movie. Yeah, I saw that. It looks gorgeous. I was not at the Clifford Ball. Yeah. I was at the Great Wen and Lemon Wheel, but I was not at the Clifford Ball. My wife was, um, and she had such a good time at those shows. Yeah. She really, that was her, the sort of the end of her fish career. Uh-huh. But she remembers them with a lot of fond memories and positivity, like everyone does with those yeah. weekends. And I'm sad I missed them. I think there's some really great music. Um, I think of the three festivals, I don't know that that's the one I would choose of the three to really delve this deep into. Um, and I don't think I'll spend 360 or $70 on the vinyl, even though I'm a vinyl guy. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. Dude, New Year's 95 it, vinyl. Of course I have. It sounds unbelievable on live fish. I listened to some of it today and just the recording yeah. is just fucking gorgeous. I mean, it just, which makes me tempted. Yeah. But that's a lot of money. Yeah. But I just like to say by the time this comes out, we'll, it'll probably already be released. Um, but I mean, you have we're, the DVDs, we're a bit right? Behind. Yeah, but uh, there's something about vinyl. And no, yeah, no, totally. To I'm not saying that, but but I I do remember like the last time I watched the DVDs, like it sounds fucking yes. great um, and like really cool because they've got it all 5.1 and stuff. Um, well, I yeah, don't know I mean, what if are... you're a vinyl guy or gal, yeah. and you want to spend that kind of money, I would spend it, right? Because they limit edition these. Um, I know my New Year's 95 that I bought, I know a guy who's saying that they only released that one stretch and that they're never going to make any more. And, you know, they're worth a ton. So if that's what you're into. Sure. I'm not. I like to listen to music, but that's just me. 
<laughs> well, I don't have a lot to recommend. I'm just going to recommend one album and then I'll kind of save up the rest of my stuff for next time. But because uh, Sam recommended The Mother Hips, um, I read an article about how on their new album they're covering this Anne Murray song um, called uh, David's Song. And it's from this album, What About Me, from 1968, mm. that they they were on the road and they went to like, they stopped at like a gas station and they had like a bargain uh cassette tapes and they saw this one with the funny cover of ann murray so they picked it up and then listened to it in the car and were blown away at how musically great it was and i read that and i thought there's no way that that's true i know ann murray my mom used to force me to listen to ann murray but i threw on the album and uh i loved it it's i mean it's definitely that like rootsy kind of americana like a country girl singer but there's like psychedelia and folk and bluegrass mixed in there there was this one song <laughs> towards the end that was called buffalo at the park where like the last minute they they went like totally like berserker on the fader um and all my speed like like the sound was going everywhere with my speakers and the, my kids were like what, what's going on <laughs> and I, i'm like oh sh-. it was 1968 that's what's going on <laughs> every engineer was high that's what was going on <laughs> let's try this man but very very fun and like some really great songwriting um and cool album i will say the second half of the album is much better than the first um anyway no one's gonna listen to an Anne marie <laughs> album who am i kidding but i like it i'm um, going to okay so good that works for me <laughs> all right everyone all right i think that's all we um, got yeah, I last thing podcast. I've said it every one of these. Go listen to sixty songs that explain the nineties. I'm obsessed. It's oh, yeah. thing. Every episode is fabulous. I it's really, really, really. I've been living in the nineties world lately, and it's great. I just listened to the tribe episode, and I miss them. I miss Fife Dog. I thought that yeah. was great. Um, and uh, next uh, one more podcast recommendation ties into our next show. Um, episode 16 next time we talk is going to be the OJ show also June 94 Um, it is the night OJ was ripping it up the uh, the free the highway sorry no the freeway the freeway in 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 the white Bronco (laughs) and uh, if you've never listened to the podcast you're wrong about yeah I highly 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 recommend it Um, it they just kind of unofficially broke up a little bit um, Sarah Marshall, the woman, is going to keep going with other guest hosts, but the other guest hosts left. Oh. But uh, they do this extended; they're they're spread out over time. But there's 20 hours of deep dive into OJ and the trial and everything around it. And uh, the podcast is so great. And Sarah Marshall is like my spirit animal. She is funny and just re- I don't know. Listen to you're wrong about. Yeah, you should listen to that. Uh, listen to all those episodes. Then you should probably watch the People versus OJ Simpson as well. Yes. And yes. Uh, do your research, people. It's really gonna. They're add... really gonna prep you for yeah, the show. It's gonna add depth to the conversation. You think it won't, but it will. Uh, I mean, so... someone's got to have time on their hands to do that. So <laughs> do that before yeah. this, and then do this, and it's gonna be great. Yeah, I do like the um, <clears throat> the the song sixty songs that explain the nineties. I listened to. Uh, Tori Amos, Cornflake Girl, and Madonna oh, yeah. yep. Vogue, um, and yeah, yeah they're, it's funny. I, I guess I wasn't expecting it to be so funny, but um, he's yeah. so scripted yeah. in the way that he uh, he does the intro part, and I love that he brings someone in to talk to later. Um, and what I got about it is, you know, I think a lot of our podcast here, we 
we're nitpicking and complaining. I think a lot of his podcast, he is just loves. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of love. There's yeah. a lot of real passion for that music, and it's brought it all back. Right. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of '90s music that really mattered to to me, and I'm sure to you. And it's pretty cool to see it brought back. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to take that as an insult, but you know, as Howard Zinn said, you know, dissent is the highest form of patriotism. And I feel like what we're doing here with fish just really shows just how much yeah. we love them. Let's keep moving backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Take care. Bye, everybody. Hello there, friends, and thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or would like to reach out to Ian and I about anything at all, you can find us at companion to the companion at gmail.com.